This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Every new year, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy can also help you build on what's working by helping you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I know firsthand how helpful it can be to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curiosities today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Curiosities. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Robert Burns put it best when he wrote, The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. We prepare and we scheme, but inevitably it's not enough. We usually end up right back where we started. Guillaume Le Gentil knew about making plans. Born in 1725 in Normandy, France, Guillaume's original plan had been to join the clergy. Then he looked up to the stars. 100 years earlier, Galileo Galilei had done the same and observed the moon, the Milky Way, and much more. Through his own telescope, Guillaume managed to observe dwarf galaxies and constellations. His discoveries gained him a reputation in the scientific community, which helped earn him a spot on a special astronomical project. The goal? To measure the distance from the Earth to the Sun. It was commissioned by a Russian scientist named Mikhail Lomonosov and the French Academy of Sciences. Lomonosov figured out that by observing how Venus traveled between the Sun and a superior planet from different locations on Earth, it could be possible to measure the distance to the Sun. This phenomenon was known as the transit of Venus. 1761 would be the date of the next transit, and Guillaume was tasked with viewing it from India. He knew of a French-owned territory on the southeastern coast called Pondicherry that would be a perfect spot for watching the transit. Guillaume started out in Paris in March of 1760 and traveled across the Indian Ocean to the Isle de France four months later. He would have liked to have begun the second leg of his trip soon after, but the rest of the world had other plans. As he reached Isle de France, Britain and France started fighting in what would come to be known as the Seven Years' War. So it wouldn't be until February of 1761 that Guillaume found passage on a military ship headed toward the Indian coast. However, more complications presented themselves the closer he got to June 6th, the date when the transit to Venus would occur. For one, monsoon season was approaching. Strong winds set his ship adrift in the Indian Ocean for five weeks. And that's when the second obstacle came his way. By the time he finally reached India, he found out that the British had captured Pondicherry, preventing him from entering the town. Defeated, he stayed on the ship as he returned to the Isle de France. The transit passed above right on schedule, but Guillaume and his instruments couldn't track it properly due to the rocking of the waves. But he had another idea. The next transit would occur eight years later in June of 1769. 
Rather than try to complete his journey from scratch again, he decided to stay on the aisle, close to the viewing spot. This time, however, it was Manila that would provide the best viewing angle of the transit. He set out on May 1st of 1766 and stepped foot in Manila three months later. His welcome there was less than hospitable, though. Practically run out of town by the governor, he fled back to Pondicherry, which was once again under French control. He was greeted with a feast and the opportunity to choose the ideal spot from which to watch the transit. June was fast approaching. He set up making his makeshift observatory in the ruins of a building lost during the war. The governor joined him on the night before the transit, and the two gazed up at a star-filled sky. It was so clear, they could see several of Jupiter's moons through the telescope. The transit wouldn't occur until the following day when the sun was up, so he bid the governor goodnight and went to sleep. Hours later, he awoke. Something was bothering him. The sun had yet to rise, but he could sense a problem with his plan. It wasn't the telescope which was working properly. Still, he had a feeling... Despite the years away from home he'd spent traveling for this one specific purpose, despite all the planning and the hardships that he had faced to witness Venus's migration across the sun, Guillaume Le Gentil never accounted for the one thing that could prevent it all. A cloudy day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it.
a little bit of hope can go a long way. People in poverty often hope for a way out, an act of God to pluck them from their situation and drop them into a more comfortable life. No more hardships, no more wondering where their next meal is going to come from. Oscar Hartzell wanted to make sure his fellow Iowans never had to struggle to pay their rent or their bills ever again. In 1919, he'd learned about a large sum of money owned by the British government. It had been part of Sir Francis Drake's estate and had spent the last 300 years collecting interest, bringing the total value of the unclaimed money to around $100 billion. Hartzell had an idea. He knew he could sue the British government to release the funds if enough of Drake's heirs came forward to collect the inheritance. He put out a call to anyone in Iowa with the last name of Drake. In order to get the money owed to them, however, they had to invest their own with Hartzell, who would act on their behalf in the lawsuit. He welcomed investments of all sizes, promising massive returns. For every $1 invested, that person would get back another 500 He also promised the English city of Portsmouth as part of that package. Yeah, the entire city. Hope sprung eternal throughout Iowa, as farmers, families, and folks from all walks of life dug into their savings. It seemed everyone wanted a chance at a slice of that pie. Hartzell collected investments from tens of thousands of hardworking Iowans. When the money started to dry up, he broadened his scope and invited people from other states to invest, even folks whose last names weren't Drake. With a tidy sum under his belt, Hartzell felt that he had enough to take to the British government and claim what was due to his fellow Iowans. In 1924, he moved his whole operation to England, where he immediately got to work. Once he got there, though, he ran into some hurdles. For one, the British Home Office claimed that there had never been any estate belonging to Sir Francis Drake. But Hartzell knew the real story. The money had been placed in the name of one of Sir Francis's descendants, Drexel Drake, and Hartzell was well within his rights to claim it. The more he fought, the more it cost him. Before he'd left Iowa, Hartzell had tasked a few people there to act as his collection agents. Whenever he'd ask for more money to cover his legal costs, they would solicit previous investors who were only too happy to oblige. The month dragged on, and Hartzell was up to his eyeballs in legal proceedings and paperwork. At least, that's what he told everyone back home. Instead, he was living the life of a wealthy man off everyone else's hard-earned money. There had never been a government plot to keep the Drake estate from American hands, because there had never been any estate to begin with. The whole thing had been a con. In fact, it wasn't even Hartzell's con. In 1915, two men had approached him with the same scheme, asking him to invest $6,000, which they would turn into $6 million once Sir Francis Drake's funds were released. Hartzell saw through their game and declined, but the experience did give him a bright idea, which he spun to his own advantage. What's more, even after news of his fraud came to light, there were still people back in Iowa who continued to send him money. They refused to give up hope, even if it meant going bankrupt in the process. Hartzell was sent back to the United States in 1933, where he was tried and convicted of fraud. His $68,000 in legal fees, covered by donations from his faithful investors. He continued to run his scam from prison for the next 10 years. Hartzell died there in jail, but with the help of his agents on the outside, he managed to collect hundreds of thousands of dollars, all of it from folks just looking for a happy ending to their story, no matter what the cost. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. 
The show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious.